Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 197 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. O oh Lord, thank you for the freedom to read your word. May we hear the messages you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what Jesus has to share with us today in Matthew chapter 19. Jesus talks about divorce and the conditions under which divorce is acceptable. There are two things that stand out to me. First, Jesus said that because of the hardness, stubbornness, and perversity of your hearts, Moses permitted you to dismiss and repudiate and divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it has not been so ordained. I don't want to be granted anything from God with a stubborn heart. When I think of my children whining for something and I finally give in to their desires, it was not rewarding for me as a parent and not very rewarding for them. Oh, they may continue their poor behavior because they got something, but receiving a gift from a gracious giver is far more rewarding than receiving from a parent who is simply trying to get the whining to stop. God may give us what we whine for, but do we receive with a thankful heart or a prideful and self-serving heart? May God keep our hearts soft toward him, and may he give us a thankful spirit for all his wonderful blessings. Second, in verse 11, Jesus said, Not all men can accept this saying, but it is for those whom have the capacity to receive it has been given. He was referring to abstaining from marriage. While this may seem drastic to us, I'd like to make the point that God gives us the capacity to do anything he calls us to do. So if he puts a task in our hands that is beyond our abilities, he makes up for our deficiencies. May we be obedient to whatever he calls us to do. Well, let's see what's happening with Paul in Acts chapter 26. Yesterday, we read that Paul was brought before King Agrippa to speak. Paul tells the same story to King Agrippa as he did with Festus and his predecessor. We've read his story a number of times now. Today, Paul shares his testimony with King Agrippa, and he is glad to speak to him. He was able to testify to Christ in front of kings today. King Agrippa's father was Herod, who killed James and then imprisoned Peter because it made the crowd happy. Then he put on his royal robes and started speaking. Out of pride, God smote him and killed him because he did not give God the glory. We just read about this back in Acts chapter 12, verse 25, and you can go back and refresh your memory if it's helpful to you. King Agrippa's grandfather killed John the Baptist, and King Agrippa's great-grandfather killed all the children two years old and under when Christ was born hoping to kill him. So, Agrippa was related to these bad fellows and was undoubtedly aware of the laws and the prophets, as Paul suggests. Yes, Paul is excited to share his testimony with this king. The passage that stands out to me is verse 18, where Paul tells about why Jesus came, to open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, so that they thus may receive forgiveness and release from their sins and a place and a portion among those who are consecrated and purified by faith in me. We are held by the power of God. We are forgiven and released from our sins. We have a place in God's royal kingdom, and we are consecrated and purified by our faith in Jesus. We are truly blessed, my friend, to be considered pure simply because of our faith in the one who came to save us. So undeserving, yet so freely given. May we be thankful and praise God for sending his son to save us. Let's see what's happening with the Israelites in Second Chronicles chapter 33. Yesterday, we read about King Hezekiah and his obedience to the Lord. Today, we read about his son, Manasseh, who was 12 years old when he became king. He ruled for a long time, 55 years. 
Unfortunately, he rebuilt the idolatrous places his father had taken down. He worshipped the Baals, built heathen altars in the house of the Lord, and burned his children as offerings. Of course, we know God will come against him, and we read he does. He was taken by the king of Assyria and treated horribly. When Manasseh humbled himself before Almighty God, the Lord restored him to his people. Then the king knew who God truly was, and he took down the heathen altars and served the Lord. He returned the people of Judah to the God of their fathers, and they stopped their idol worship. His son Ammon was twenty-two years old and began a short two-year reign. He was evil and the people revolted. He was killed by his own servants in his own home. It appears the people who served under his wicked father were done with evil and wicked rulers. In verse 34, we read that his son Josiah became the next king. He was only eight years old. We have read some of his story in the past, but there is more here to sink our teeth into. Josiah started seeking the Lord when he was 16. His heart was similar to King David's heart. Within four years, he began purging the kingdom of all idols and heathen altars. He personally watched while they were destroyed. He made sure his kingdom was rid of everything that didn't serve the Lord. Repairs to the house of God were made, and eventually they uncovered the laws. When they were read to Josiah, his heart sank. He knew the Lord's wrath was due on them, so he sought a prophet to tell him what was going to happen to his people because they had done such evil things in the past. We read about a woman prophet who told the messenger that God's wrath would certainly come upon them, but not until Josiah had died. Verse 24 says, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place and upon its inhabitants, even all the curses that are written in the book which they have read before the king of Judah. So we can expect to see the wrath of God come upon his people. God's mercy over Josiah, however, is abundant. Verse 28 says, Behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes shall not see all the evil that I will bring upon this place and its inhabitants. Josiah followed God's commandments, sought him, and turned all of Judah and Benjamin back to God. Let's see what we can glean from Psalm chapter 16. Psalm 16 is a wonderful tribute to the Lord. In verse 5, David writes, The Lord is my chosen and assigned portion, my cup. You hold and maintain my lot. No matter what is happening around us, God is what we need. When we drink from his cup, we are satisfied. When we drink from the world's cup, we are forever thirsty. David writes about God giving him counsel and instructing him in the night seasons. Does God ever come to you at night? I often hear from the Lord in the quiet of the night. It's fun to read that David heard from him at night as well. In verse 8, David writes that he continually sets God before him and he is not moved. When we give God our everything, he gives us everything we need. We need not be anxious or disheveled because God holds us up. David writes about how his heart rejoices, his body rests, and he is confident as he dwells in God's safety. We have access to all of this, just as King David did. Lastly, in verse 12, he writes, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures evermore. Our hope and joy are in God. The pleasures at his right hand are the pleasures Jesus came to this earth to give us. Salvation, peace, and joy. May we fully receive Jesus as our Lord and receive what he came to offer us. Let us pray. O Lord, thank you for the love, grace, and mercy we find in your word. Thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son to save us in every way. May we fully receive what Jesus came to die to give us, Lord. Help us seek you all the days of our lives. Please keep our hearts soft toward you so we can be led by you, hear your gentle whispers, and walk in obedience to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. 
I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.